Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. Our first passage this morning is in the book of Exodus, the sixth chapter, and we're going to begin at the end in verse 9. We're looking at verses 6 through 9, but let's start at the end and we'll go backwards from there. Let's listen together to the Word of God. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they wouldn't listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their cruel slavery. What in the world did he say to them? Go back up to verse 6 and you see God is saying to Moses, God says to Moses, go tell the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. But the people of Israel couldn't hear that because of their broken spirit and their slavery. Now turn over to the sixth chapter of Matthew's gospel, and we're looking at verses 33 and 34. Jesus is speaking, and he has the most wonderful thing to say to us today. This is what Jesus says, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord, and now sit down so we can hear the anthem. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, church. Thank you. We're going to do a quick history lesson. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob wrestles with the angel of the Lord, and his name gets changed to Israel, he who wrestles with God. Now, Jacob has one daughter that we know of. Her name was Dinah. He's got 12 sons, but his very favorite son his apple of his eye was a little boy named Joseph. Oh, he loved Joseph. So all the big brothers naturally couldn't stand Joseph. So they did what big brothers have always wanted to do. They sold the brat into slavery and got rid of him. There are 60 or 70 members in Israel's family. They're called Israelites. They're wandering around a part of the world called Canaan. And they get hit by a horrible drought and a famine. They've got to go somewhere. They pack their bags and they go to Egypt only to discover that little brother Joseph is now the number two in control of all of Egypt. Wow. He welcomes them with open arms and they live happily ever after. Thank goodness. Now jump ahead 430 years and you come to our text this morning. By now there's no longer 65 or 70 Israelites. They're now two or three million Israelites. They are powerful. They are successful. And Pharaoh is scared to death of them. He doesn't believe they'll have his back if there's an uprising. So Pharaoh, who's pretty conniving, sets out literally to do two things. 
He wants to work them so hard that they'll be too tired to have any more children, and he enslaves them. Well, now go 7,000 miles from Egypt heading west, and you hit the Laredo region of a country called Peru. This is home to the Apayacu River. It's the home of the village of Comandancia, and I know that you know it is the home of King Wawa of the Yagua Indians. You knew that, right? I have an audience with the king. He comes in his full regalia. His crown is made of the tail feathers of macaw parrots. They grow straight up in the air. Around his neck, he has the bones of a bushmaster snake. All of his exposed skin is painted red, and he's wearing a grass skirt. He's followed by an entourage of warriors who are pounding drums, and they're playing pan flutes. He marches up to me, and they stop. And he says, I have something to tell you. And I said, tell it. This is so profound. He looked at me and he said, I want you to know, we are more than pictures in a book. Wow. He said, we laugh, we love, we cry, and we pray for America. You tell them that. And then he told me things that were happening in our country. I said, King, you're in the Amazon rainforest. How do you know what's happening in America? And he explained to me that fishermen or lumberjacks or whatever coming home in a fast boat, that's a canoe with a little outboard motor, will come zooming down the river. And if they happen to have a newspaper, they'll throw it up on the bank of the river. Somebody finds it, they read it, and that's how they share their news. When I go 10,000 miles to the east and you hit Mount Agung, an active volcano in Indonesia, on the far side of Mount Agung, a truck is bouncing down a dirt road and a magazine either falls out the back of the truck or is thrown out the window, sort of like the newspaper in Peru. A young girl named Chica finds the magazine. She opens it and it changes her life forever. Chica looks inside the magazine and she sees girls wearing beautiful clothes and using makeup. And she decides right then and there, she will have beautiful clothes and she will wear makeup. So she leaves her village of Tianyar. She goes to the capital city of Denpazar. She gets a job in a restaurant. She makes money. And guess what? She buys beautiful clothes and makeup. Happy ever after? No. See, the owner of the restaurant is kind of like Pharaoh. It's pretty conniving. He starts by saying to Chica, Oh, one of the girls didn't show up to dance at the folk dance. Could you wear the costume and dance? And she said, oh, I'd be glad to. So she dances and she makes more money. She can buy more clothes and more makeup. A little time goes by and the manager comes back and says, Ah, she didn't show up for this club. I, I need another dancer. Could you wear this outfit and go and dance? And this outfit is it's pretty skimpy. But Chica thinks, you know, he's been awful good to me. Yeah, I guess I can. So she puts on the outfit and she goes to discover the club she's going to is what they call a go-go club. And she's dancing in a glass cage. And before she knows it, she's being sold to five and six different men a night. Go 6,000 miles to the west and you hit the northeast corner of a country called the Congo. This is the Aturi Forest. It's incredibly dense and dark and deep. Because there's no sunshine, there's no good nutrition, because of genetics, there's a people group who are tiny. They're, they're called pygmies. And, and even today, 
There are tribes who hunt the pygmies for their meat. Another tribe called the Mokpala have basically enslaved the pygmies. They want their land. And if you call the Mokpala on it, they'll say, no, 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 we haven't enslaved them. We pay them for everything they do. And the classic example is a pygmy grandmother less than four feet tall who put 125 pounds of charcoal on her back, carried it miles through the forest, delivered it to the Mokpala, and they paid her with two tiny bananas. 1,380 miles south by southeast is Tanzania. A single mother with two children works for a month to make $15. That's 50 cents a day. She can barely feed her children. Her best friend tells her, I've got a great opportunity for you. If you will go 4,800 miles to the east to a city called Bangkok, Thailand, you can get a job as a hostess in a restaurant and they will pay you $500 a month. She lets her sponsors fly her to Thailand and in less than two weeks, they have taken her passport, sold her into prostitution and told her if she wants her passport back, she has to pay them $7,000. The estimate is somewhere between 21 and 46 million people in this world are held in some kind of human trafficking or slavery. But I think the number is really higher than that because it does not include those of us who are held in a spiritual slavery. Danny didn't know this till this morning. I mean, Jill, you don't know this about me. We've been friends for most of your life. I happen to be a pretty successful strawberry farmer in Northeast Georgia. I don't think you knew that. Um, I have one plant. The thing just won't die. But, but every year I get somewhere. I, I know you like to garden. I get somewhere between three and maybe five strawberries a year. It's a big deal. I watch every one of those strawberries every day. I walk by and see that one plant, that one strawberry. It's looking good. When it gets right, I pick that strawberry take it in the kitchen, wash it off, put it in the refrigerator. Next day, I drop it in my smoothie. I'm so proud. I had this strawberry just going, just going. I went out to check on it, and something, something had taken a bite out of the side of my strawberry. Just one bite. Didn't eat the whole thing. Took one bite. It's full of ants. And I looked at that, and I thought, well, of all the nerve, the thing did it to two more strawberries. That's most of my crop of strawberries. I mean, I'm offended by now. I go up in the attic and I got my have a heart trap. Put peanut butter in it, set it out on the patio. I'm going to catch this villain. And the next day, there he was. I caught him in my trap on my patio. Stuffed into that trap is an obese possum. This thing is so big and fat, he can't move. All he can do is turn his head. And he looks up at me like, this isn't going to end good, is it? I sat down next to that possum and I told him everything I've ever wanted to tell a possum. (laughs) Then I picked him up, took him off in the woods and I opened the cage and I said, now go on, get, you're free. He just sat there. I said, go, you're free. Sitting there. Went behind him and I poked him with my boot. He can get out. He's just sitting there. He looked up at me like, You know, if I step out of this cage, you're going to shoot me. No, I'm not going to shoot you. Go on and go. You're free. Finally, he steps out and he just stops. And then he breaks into what I guess you would call a classic possum trot. 
And this big fat possum is waddling off into the forest. And as he goes, I thought, you know what? That's the people of Israel. So I have named him Israel, but that's the people of Israel. They're so downhearted, brokenhearted, downtrodden, stuck in a cage. They'd rather sit there in their cage in slavery rather than listen to God saying, but you're free. Go on, you're free. And I thought, you know, it's the same thing with Chica. Why in the world doesn't Chica run away from human trafficking? Why in the world don't the pygmies make little bitty machetes and little bitty bow and arrows and, and fight for their freedom? Why didn't the Tanzanian mother go to somebody's embassy and stand there and scream until somebody helps her? And then thought about us. Why in the world do you live a life controlled by guilt? I mean, why pray when you can just worry all the time, right? Are you acting your age because somebody told you you've got to act your age? Are you filled with hate? Just can't get rid of it? Are you greedy? Are you mean? I mean, why be creative when you can be cynical? Why get better when you can be bitter? Somebody here may know my neighbor. His name is Dub Anderson. Lived in Buckhead before he moved up to where I live in the country. Dub went to University of Georgia, go dogs. When he graduated, he told his mother, Mama, I'm going to New York City to seek my fame and fortune in advertising. She had the most wonderful Southern answer. She looked at him and she goes, oh, Well, you can't go to New York City. We're having meatloaf tomorrow. <laughs> he finally went, came back, had a successful career, came back. He's got a boy named Benji. Benji just sold his heritage hog farm. Or as Benji puts it, these are pigs that lead a pretty good life. He had a problem. Pigs need to weigh three or 400 pounds before you can make any money off of them. When they got that big, he couldn't get them up into the truck to take them to market. Benji finally figured out how to use 1.7 ounces to move 400 pounds of pig. He didn't feed them for two days. Then he put a ramp from the truck down to the ground. Then he lined the ramp with Krispy Kreme donuts that weigh 1.7 ounces apiece. And the pigs would eat their way right up the ramp and right into the cage. And aren't we just like that? Oh, I'll just have a little bit of lust. I'll just be a little mean. I'll just hold a grudge for a season. I'll just act old because my knee hurts today. Or I'll just be greedy and scared because somebody told me the economy's going to fall apart and I'm not going to trust Jesus. I'm just going to be greedy and scared. Aren't we just like that? I see your faces and I see my own. And I had to stop and think about that for a minute. Because I see me in you and I hope you see you in me. Because we all do that. And all the time, God is calling to us and saying, but I've come to set you free. Now, thank goodness, finally the people of Israel heard it, didn't they? And what happened? They went to the promised land and they were free. Chica met Angela on our staff. They developed a trusting relationship. Angela talked Chica into leaving human trafficking. We got her into our safe house. That child has given her life to Jesus. She's working one of our coffee shops. She's got a real job. She's making money. She still buys beautiful clothes and makeup, but that child loves the Lord and she is free. 
Justin Wren, a mixed martial artist who's huge, left his career and moved in with the pygmies in the Aturi forest. He discovered there's something the Mokpala want more than land. They want water. So Justin Wren talks about the living water of Jesus, goes to the Mokpala, negotiates to drill a well with them if they'll give the pygmies back their freedom. And in doing this, he's living with the pygmies, leading them to Jesus and giving them their freedom. And I met Irene in Bangkok. Irene is from Australia. She raised the $7,000 to buy the Tanzanian woman her freedom. She bought the Tanzanian woman a plane ticket back to Tanzania, and she got her $1,500 so she could go home holding her head up high and start a business of her own, and in doing that, led the woman to Jesus. And do you hear what I'm saying? Everybody is free. Everybody is free. Everybody's led to Jesus, and everybody is free. Say amen. No, not like you're Presbyterians. I want you to say amen. Say amen. amen. Now, because if we were Pentecostal, this is where the music would start, and we'd all be up dancing, and even the people at home would get up in their bathrobes, and we'd all be going at it for about 30 minutes. But we're Presbyterian. <laughs> so... So I want you just to sit there and think, well, well, isn't that nice? Why do you come to church? If I want Sunday supper, I have to come to church. That's the rule in our house. Mama said I'm going to church. I'm going to church. Come to church to hear Danny in the choir. Lift me up. I come to be with my family and my friends. I come because it puts me around other human beings and I'm with somebody else for part of my day. I'm not alone all the time. Do you ever come to church thinking, what if it were today? What if it were today that the switch got flipped and the, and the lights came on? I, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was enslaved, but now I'm free. When I count to three, say your name right out loud. One, two, three. There's a wonderful song I wish the choir would do sometime. It's by Bernice Reagan Johnson, written by John Hurt in North Mississippi Delta. The song is called Since I Laid My Burdens Down. I feel better, so much better. Since I laid my burdens down. Oh, I feel better, so much better. Since I laid my burdens down. What's your burden? What is the thing that gets in the way of you serving sacrificially for the Lord? What's the thing that stops you from saying, here I am, Lord, use me? Is it a, a, a memory? It haunts you? It's a long time ago still haunts you. Something you did last night? Is it an addiction? A lust? A greed? Prejudice? A hate? A fear? Are you scared because you're getting older? So you just want to cocoon when God needs you so desperately? What is the thing that gets in the way? I want you to think about that. If you had to lie down for 30 minutes right now all by yourself, what would end up crossing your mind? 
And now I want you to hear the Word of God one more time. The Word of God speaks to us as a people, but it also speaks to us as individuals. The book said, God said to Moses, go tell the Israelites. Let's change that. I'm going to say, God said to Moses, go tell, and then I'm going to say, say your name. Let's try that. God said to Moses, go tell, say your name. I've come to set you free from the burden of, think about your burden. I have come to deliver you, literally to snatch you back. That's what the word means. To snatch you back from the burden of, think about your burden. I have come to redeem you with an outstretched arm. That's Jesus. To redeem means to pay the price for you. Why? So you will know that I am God, you are my people, and you are free. I want us to stop and pray right now, even with the people at home. You can do this. I want us to pray that you will take the burden in your life this morning, right now, And I want you to place that burden on the floor of this church. And I want you to leave it there. Pastor Danny can clean that mess up later on. And I want you to get ready to leave this place without that burden anymore. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, you know us to the depths of our hearts and you know. You know that some of us have carried burdens for years and years and years And it continues to clip at our heels. It continues to tell us, no, I can't. You're no good. You're a failure. You're old. You're too young. Don't even try. No, we're sick of this. There is a world that needs us to be free so that we can help free this world. So today, in the strong name of Jesus, we take the burdens of our hearts and lay them upon the floor of this church and let them be. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now take a deep breath. Come on. Take a deep breath. All right, you just took a setback. You've turned it into a comeback. Now what do you do with that? What do you do now? You listen to what Jesus said. What did he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything's going to be all right. That means pray. First of all, pray. Every spare minute of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't have to be complicated. But do not go home today and get on your knees and go, oh, Lord, take this burden from me. No, you've done that. Go home and say, thank you, Jesus. That burden's gone. Thank you, Jesus. It's gone. At last, it's gone. Pray. If you're not incorporating the Word of God into your life, ask Danny, ask anybody on the staff, ask the people sitting beside you. We can show you ways to do that. I hike it. Margaret and I are hikers. We don't get to hike together, but I told her last night, when I hike, I have two places I stop. At one of them, I say the Lord's Prayer, and I say it right out loud. I don't care who's walking by me. I mean, they don't care. At another place, I stop and I say the 23rd Psalm right out loud. And it feeds me. And then while I hike, a Roman Catholic friend of mine said, I want you to chant this. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And if I chant that to myself while I'm hiking, nothing comes in. When I go to bed at night, last night we had a dinner and we're telling stories. And some of the things that have happened around the world in my work include wars in Congo, wars in Iraq, wars in Central America, difficult things in difficult places. And while it's interesting to share the story, it means that night I'm going to relive all those things again. And if you have that issue in your life from your service overseas, 
The next time that cranks up with you, you do this. You do this. Instead of tossing and turning and feeling that same thing that starts in your heart and your gut, you start chanting to yourself in your sleep, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And that will keep those thoughts from taking over no matter who you are. God does not set us free from the possum trap of life to just sit there in the woods. God sets us free from the possum trap of life so that we can help set other people free. Did you get that? God sets us free so that we can help others be free in the name of Jesus. So sometime in the next week, I want you to say four words to Pastor Danny. Four words to Pastor Danny. If you're online with us, send it to him as an email, a text. Four words. How can I help? And as you do that, God bless you. You stay strong. God bless America and you be free. Let's pray together. Father, this is a day of miracles for somebody. They put it down. It's done. At last. Turn the page. Take the step. Open the door. Write the check. Pick it up. Put it down. It's time to move on. And Lord, we are so grateful that you have come here proclaiming that you're here to set us free. And today we hear that message, dear Lord. And for that, we rejoice in the strong, strong name of Jesus. Amen.